Welcome to 2021, our year of the supernatural. We believe that in this year, as prophesied, your life will go above and beyond the natural and that it will be positively and supernaturally changed through this sermon. The teaching you're about to listen to by our anointed shepherd, Pastor Boni Bahati, will challenge you, strengthen and transform you to live the victorious life you were created to enjoy. Listen and be blessed. So today my sermon is titled, Your Heart, Your Money. Your heart, your money. Your heart, your money. Your heart. The Bible says, where your heart is, there your treasure will also be. Where your heart is, there your treasure will also be. Give me that scripture. Your heart, your heart, your money. Look at your neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. Your heart, your money. Start from verse 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Beautiful. The reason why I wanted you to start from verse 15, because I wanted to, see you how, to show you how forgiveness and money come in. How forgiveness and money come in. Can we start from there? I wanted to skip because of time, but it's okay. Let me read it for you. Beautiful. Go back to verse 15. The Bible says, but if you don't forgive men, this is a scripture you were reading last week, so a continuation of it. But if you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So God stops forgiving the day you stop forgiving. Uh-huh. Moreover, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites. When a sad, with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Mm-hmm. But if, but you, when you pray, or rather, but you, when you fast, but you tell about what you, when you fast, anoint your head. And wash your face. Uh-huh. So that you don't appear to men to be fasting. But to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So you can see forgiveness is a first step before praying. Forgiveness is a first step before praying. If you forgive your father in heaven, we'll also forgive. If you don't forgive, he will not forgive. Then immediately after, Jesus begins speaking about what? Praying and fasting. He says, don't be like the Gentiles, who when they pray, they disfigure their faces and their countenance that people may see. But as for you, I pray when you pray, you don't have a countenance that shows you are fasting, so that the Father who sees in secret will hear you. But pray and fast after you've forgiven. So the first step to prayer is forgiveness. Then he continues from there. Let's continue. What happened? Then he says, now, because you've forgiven and began praying, now the next thing I want to touch is your money. He says, 
Do not lay up treasures for yourself on earth. Where moth and rust destroy. Where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20. But lay up treasures for yourself in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys. Where thieves don't break in and steal. Verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So your heart follows your treasure. Your heart follows your treasure. Your treasure does not follow your heart. It is your heart that follows your treasure. So the progression is forgive. After you've forgiven, pray. After you've prayed, place your treasure in the right place. Then your heart will follow it. That's the progression. So you can see forgiveness, prayer, and money are the things of the heart. They are tied together. So the reason why you don't have much is because, number one, your heart is full of unforgiveness. Number two, you don't know money is a spirit. You have to pray for it. And number three, you follow money. Money does not follow you. The Bible says, pray. First forgive that your father may heaven may forgive you. Then after you forgive and pray and fast. And don't do it so that the Gentiles, how the Gentiles do, that people will see them. No. Then after you've prayed and fasted, let your heart now be a heart that is not following a treasure. Why? Because you've placed your treasure in the right place. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. If your treasure is at KCB, that's where you've put your money. If right now you hear news that KCB is about to collapse, you'll rush there to go and withdraw your money. Right? Like I remember a while back when Chase Bank was going under, when people heard the rumor that Chase Bank might be going under, they rushed to the ATM to withdraw their money. For where their treasure is, their hearts were there. You are always at your messamanini. Screenshot, bro, mesikia. At the chase. Sulukwana account uko. At your mesa, hey, stangojea. What an yende. People rushed such that, you know, money, banks don't have money. They don't have money. Banks use the principle of unity. They put in your, they take your little savings, take her little savings, take her little savings, combine them, and give this guy a loan. So if this guy comes and says, I want my money, this one comes and says, I want my money, and this one comes and says, I want my money, they will not have money to give this guy. It's called the principle of economy of scales. They put it together. That principle works everywhere. It was first introduced by God, the principle of unity. It is you who does not understand why we come to church and why we should be united. The people of the world understand the concept of unity, what unity can help us do. Unity can help us build a cathedral here very fast. Araka Opesi. But anyway, that's a story for another day. So, where your heart is, there your treasure will also be. So ask yourself, where is my heart? Because where my heart is, is where my treasure is. So if you can find your heart, you can find your treasure. Because your heart follows your treasure. So the fact that there is no treasure in your pocket, it shows that you have not found your heart. 
Because if you found your heart, look at your neighbor, 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 neighbor. If you found your heart, I can't tell you if you found your heart, you'll find your treasure. The fact that there is no treasure in your pocket is a clear indication that you've not found your heart. Because money is a hard thing. Money is a hard thing. The Bible says, for the love of money is the root cause of all evil. Not money, the love of it. Where do you love from? You love from your head. Do you love from your legs? Do you love from your wallet? Do you love from your genitalia? <laughs> Where do you love from? Where do you love from? The love of money is the root cause of all evil. So money is a hard thing. So the lack of money is also a hard thing. The abundance of hard thing. That's why some people are not Christians, but they have more money than you. Because it's a hard thing. Look at their hearts. And some people, they are Christians, but they are as broke as a church mouse. They actually say as broke as a church mouse. They don't say as broke as a mouse from the bank. Or a mouse in the temple. A Hindu temple. Or a mosque. They don't say as broke as a, as a mosque. They use church because it is that are very broke. It's you who speaks in tongues that is broke. Because you want your money to be emotional. Just as you are emotional. You don't want to use principles for money. You want emotional money. And there is no emotional money. It's principled money. It's principles. You can come here and shout all you want. Maka, maka, maka. And you leave that door and go and get your house closed. Yeah. Yeah, you can fast all you want. You can fast. Roll on the floor. Shout. Come and dance. Remove clothes. Dance. And go and sleep hungry. Allah. It's possible. You've done it before. Yeah, it's only that you're pretending here. Look me straight in the eye. Nobody will know it's you I'm talking about. But if you start looking suspicious, people will know it's you. Because you are trying to make money emotional. But money ain't emotional. Money is principled. Money is what? Money is not emotional. And one principle of money is where your, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. That's one principle of money. So if you want to have control over money, let your treasure be in a place that is superior than your heart. And that place is in God. If your treasure is with God, then money loses meaning. Because the one you're pursuing is greater than the treasure. So money to you is trivialized. One of the, one of the ways to master money is to trivialize it. When you trivialize money, you master money. When, tell everybody, when you trivialize money, you master money. Money is a good servant, but it can be a very bad master. 
Money is supposed to be a servant, not a master. But you have not trivialized it to make it a servant. So all your decisions are financial. You relate with people based on their finances. You start making them your friend. Even the girl you are dating right now is because she comes from a rich family. She pays your bills. Yeah. All your decisions are financial. That's why you are poor. Because you are pursuing money other than pursuing something that is higher than money. You become a slave to it other than it becoming a slave to you. My money, my heart. That's my sermon title. My heart, my money. I've chosen violence. That's why you are poor, bro. That's why you are poor. You are poor because you don't know how to trivialize money. Money has become so important to you. Young girl, you are dating someone's grandfather. Not because you love old people. Or you love taking care of the aged. No. Someone's grandfather is crying in the house. Then I got sixty thousand. will balance Will alignment. Why? A hard thing. A hard thing. Why haven't you not been coming to church? You've been looking for money. That's why you don't have it. It's your boss. You've not been coming to church. Why? I'm looking for money. Pastor Nahasol. That's why you don't have it. Shuguli. Namahanga iko. Zime wafanya anadam. Mahanga iko nama. Zime wafanya. Mahanga iko na mahanga iko. Na shuguliza kila siku. Zime wafanya wanadamu. Kumsa omungu wao. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. You are poor because you are pursuing what is supposed to pursue you. You've made money your God, and you're supposed to be God's money. You have made money your God, and you're supposed to be a God to the money. The Bible says, don't you know that you are God's? Don't you know you are God's? But money has become a God to you. You give change. You give change. Hey, nipiande tao. Mimi. Kokanita. Mimi. Nijikute. Nijikute. That's why you are poor, bro. That's why you are poor. Because what is supposed to be worshipped, you don't worship it. And what is supposed to worship you, you to worship you, you've worshipped it. Money is supposed to worship you. But you have, you have worshipped it. You've turned the image of God. You've turned the image of God to a, an idol in the name of money. You've traded the image of the living God to an idol. Now, money means everything to you. Money is so important to you. 
Why were you not in the love group for the last four weeks, Pastor? Nilikuwa na kashunguli, nilikuwa garisa. Wanafanya nini? Nilikuwa natafuta one, two, three garisa. Nilisikia huko huko na zaingia alishabab na ulipe one million. Nikaona hakuna haja ni angaike hapa na hii kidney. Waja ni wapereke tu. You've traded value. The value of your life. You've reduced it to money. I was recently watching a movie called Squid Game. I saw what money and the love of it can make human beings do. I am almost, 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 almost tempted to call this someone Squid Game. To show you how money can become a master. People can do anything for money. Including betraying one another for money. People are into debt. Millions of debt, of, of, of millions of shillings in debt because of money. Money has become a master to you and not a servant. You've been unable to master money. I've told you one way of mastering money is trivialize it. How do I know you've trivialized money? How you give to God. How you give to God shows that you've actually trivialized money or not. How you give to God? You give God change. The one who has given you breath. The one who has given you even the power to go and look for that money. You tell him, Lord, hey, hey, Master, you know you're stepping on a very sensitive issue, eh? My money, Pastor, spend your talking on your life to Kai. Don't ask you to talk about That's a demon. Yeah. Kapo, you came. Let me deal with that demon. Yeah. By the way, one way you know demons or spirits are interacting. I was showing them in the, in the prayer clinic. The Bible says when Satan first appeared on the scene, the first thing he did was he questioned God. He asked Eve, did God really say that you should eat this fruit? You should not eat this fruit. So the questions in your mind reveal the presence of spirits. Even by you right now, and you're thinking evil thoughts towards me. By the sermons that I'm preaching. An evil spirit is interacting with you. If you're thinking, wow, this man is saving my soul. The spirit of God is interacting with you. You only detect spirits by thoughts. You detect spirits by thoughts. The thoughts that are running in your mind right now show. And actually what I said is someone how people are thinking. The Bible says in Jesus knowing what was in their minds. Jesus knowing what was in their hearts. I knew that somebody here is saying, Miss, when I'm going to say, Sorry, that's a very personal issue. It's very sensitive. So you, Mr. Kimabo, I pass That's where your heart is, sweetheart. That's where your heart is. For where your heart is, where your treasure is, where your treasure is. Go back to my scripture. Where your treasure is, there is where your heart is. It's not me, it's Bible. I know if you've trivialized money or not by how you give money to God. Why am I saying this? Because I told you, your treasure should be in a place where the person you're pursuing is higher than the treasure. So if he asks for your treasure, 
you'll give it to him. Because the one you're pursuing is greater than the treasure. The fact that you can't give more to God shows that your heart is more with your treasure than your God. For where your heart is, there your treasure will also be. The Bible records there are three servants who were given talents. One was given five, another was given three, and another was given one. And I don't want movements when I'm preaching. So to one who was given five, the Bible records that he traded the five and gained more for his master. And he left and traveled for a while. Now, your heart will show us your love for money. What your heart loves. The Bible says better is the wandering of desire than the wandering. Better is the wandering of the eye rather than the wandering of desire. Because where, you are, where your desires are, that's where your heart is. If your desires are with money, it's with money. So I want to show you seven ways to become financially useless. Seven ways to become financially useless. Because I know there are people here, even after preaching, they will still be financially useless. To be financially useless means you are not of any financial good. Like when we have a mchango, you cannot changa. While we are taking people out, you can't come. While we are buying cars, you can't buy. While we are buying property, you will not participate. While we are buying competitions, you will not buy. Because you are financially useless. And I refuse. Nobody here is permitted to be a borrower. Nobody here is a charity case. I'm saying nobody here is a charity case. Refuse to be a charity case. Say, I will buy my own t-shirt. Yes. And believe God to do it. Believe God to break you out of this financial state you are in. You will not be financially useless. I say you will not be financially useless. So, I was speak before I started speaking about the disorders, I was speaking about five men. One, sorry, three men. One was given five talents, another was given three, another one was given one. Was it three or two? Two. Another one, was, one was given five, two, and one. So the one who was given five, the Bible records that when the master went away, he traded the money. And after trading, when the master came back, there was profit for his money, for the talent. Another one who had two also did the same. But there was this one who only had one talent. The Bible says that this man said that there is no way I'm going to trade this money and make my master rich. So the Bible says that, he told the master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you've not sown. So I decided that I'm not going to trade this money. I'm going to hide it. And the day you come, I'll give back to you your one talent. And the Bible records that the master was afraid. I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what's yours. Verse 26. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown 
and gather where I have not scattered seed. Mm -hmm. So you, you sought to have deposited, you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my money with interest. Go back to verse 26. Now, this man, it's okay for him to be called lazy. Right? Lazy is okay because actually he was lazy. But explain to me why the Lord would call this man wicked. Because laziness and what he did are fine. But wickedness, wickedness. You know wickedness means all the sins of the world are on you. Murderer, rapist, cheater, liar. All the sins of the world are placed on you. So the Lord says, you guy, who that, you, you that knew that where I saw where I have not sown, like I reap where I have not sown, you're not only lazy, you're also wicked. You're also what? You lazy and wicked. Go back to the one who had five. Let's see what he was told. This one was told, I want you to take note, have a mental note of wicked and lazy. And the other one was told, Go back to the one who had five. He was told, you servant. You should have, but well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful of a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into my joy with your Lord. So the other one who had five was told, well done, good and faithful servant. So good is okay. Because actually he was good. But faithful? Faithful is a strong word. Why would one be told lazy? and wicked. Another one is told good and faithful. Yet it is to do with money. You know why? If right now I come to you, Mike, I come, the two of you, and I give money to this one. I don't have hash, hard cash. Who has hard cash here? Help. You don't carry cash. Those who carry cash. Thank you. Thank you. I hope in the Sadaka I read I'm kidding. So, to one, the Bible says I need another person. One more person. Anybody? Thank you. Stand here. To one, the Bible says he was given five. To another, he was given two. And to another, he was given one. Central Bank of Qatar. Good. You'll have international money. Amen. It's him because it's him who received. Or even you, you'll have international money. Amen. So, to the one who, had given, who was given five, the Bible says that when the master came, he said, you good and faithful servant, you've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. So enter into my rest. The other one, quickly, verse 20 what? 24. Go to verse 24, brother. Then to the one who had received one talent, he came and said, Lord, I need. No, verse 20, what? The one who had received two, he came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. Mm -hmm. So he said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into my joy with your Lord. Then he came to the man who thought he was smarter than God or his master. He said, Master, 
na kujua unahonga mgamu sana wewe unahonga na ukora mingi sana ulinipatia moja but nataka mimi ni trade nikupe more nikuletea zingine wewe ni leduku dosika mapasi wako wako bands washirika wanatembea niko kwa biblia so unaona mimi ni fala niletee pasido wa by bands lakini mimi nitembeange Wana mimi fala nitoe sadaka pasi aishi Karen na mimi naishi yole kasasi Wana mimi fala niletee pasido ndoi wake asome Brookhouse wangu asome nyaribari chache primary school siwezi so what did he do the bible says that this one who thought he was smart he went and hid in the ground so when the master came he said yo at least you would have given my money with the bankers so that when i come back there's some interest he said but i know you to be a wicked man you are lazy you only reap from me you only try to reap where you've not sown so the master looked at him and said you lazy and wicked servant the reason why this one was told is lazy and wicked is because it is one thing for me to give you money and that money is dependent on you only so if you decide i give you money to buy food and that food is yours alone if you decide not to buy the food and you sleep hungry that's lazy that's fine right but if i give you money to buy food for your small baby and you decide not to buy the food for yourself and for the baby not only are you lazy you are wicked because the small baby is dependent on you so you not buying food for the baby is not only lazy it is also wickedness because the one who depends on you is put at a disadvantage because of your laziness so not only are you lazy you are also wicked that is how we are with god when god gives you money the money is not necessarily for you alone The money is for you and for his work. But you refusing to give towards his work is actually not only you being lazy, but it is also you putting the work of God at at a disadvantage. So not only are you lazy, you are also wicked. Because you deter the work of God from being done. You make it impossible for the work of God to go forward so not only are you lazy you are also wicked and many of us will go to hell not because we did not believe in jesus not because we never spoke in tongues not because we never became good christians but just because we were lazy and wicked when god trusted us with resources he thought we would be faithful enough to continue the chain but what he did not realize that when the chain gets to you you'd cut it so the next person who's supposed to benefit the church that is supposed to be built the house that is supposed to be bought the land that is supposed to be bought the cars for the ministry that are supposed to be bought were not bought not because god never provided but because there was one guy here who was lazy and wicked so god is seen as if he does not provide so you put the name of god at a disadvantage You make him look like a god who does not care. 
you misrepresent him to the world. Because for crying out loud, I've never seen a mosque in a Mabati. But have you seen churches in Mabati? Including this one. What is the difference? You've misrepresented your God. You never gave. Or if you gave, the pastor who was in charge refused to do what God asked him to do. So the work never went ahead. So you've misrepresented God. So not only are you lazy, you are also wicked. Because you've put your God at a place to be laughed at. You don't hear people laughing at a mosque because mosques are built stone. People say, why well, this mosque is very beautiful. Like on your way to Nakuru, there's a, there's a, I don't know if it's a mosque or a temple. On your left is a mosque. Very beautiful. On a hill is a mosque. Very beautiful. And just down there, you see churches in Mabatis. Who should be glorified more? The God of the mosque or the God of the Mabati? The God of the Mabati. But his glory has gone to? Why? Because there was lazy and a wicked servant in his midst. Ladies and gentlemen, how do you become financially useless? Number one, Thank you. You may be seated. Return the money to the owner. Lest he says, if they took my money, they are wicked. <laughs> so, God has given us many talents. And your tithe is one of the talents that God has given you. God has given us many talents. And one of the talents that God has given you is your tithe. And I want to call this the tithing Talent. So the talent speaks of anything that God has put in your hand. The talent speaks of anything that God has put in your hand. Once it is in your hands, it is yours to use. It is a talent and you must deploy it according to the will of God. But unfortunately, many people bury their talents and refuse to use them. So through a series of repeated steps, many Christians, tongue-speaking, Bible-believing, church-going, have become financially useless to God in spite of the many endowments that Christians have. Many Christians have fallen into the category of becoming financially useless in the kingdom of God. So Jesus told us exactly why people hide their talents and never put them to use. In the kingdom. And through the story we read, we've seen that there are people who will become financially useless because of the decisions they have chosen to use. Because they want money to be emotional, and but money is principled. So one way of becoming financially useless, step number one of becoming financially useless, is the fear of tithing. The fear of tithing is the first step so through repeated steps, you become financially useless over time in the kingdom of God. The Bible says in verse 25, 25, I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. The fear of giving your tithe is the first step for you becoming financially useless. And pastor, but I'm a student. How will I give tithe? Do students eat? Do students go to the toilet? Do students party? Students have money to afford uh, uh, Jemison. How much is Jemison? I don't know. 
let's give it a figure, 3,000 bob. But they don't have 300 bob to tithe. But they have 20,000 to go for a VIP show, to go and watch musicians performing, students. But they don't have 2,000 to give to God. The fear of tithing is slowly making you financially useless. What you don't realize, you don't become financially useless overnight. It's a process. It's a gradual. It's like soil erosion. Does soil erosion happen overnight? You don't realize it's happening. It's over time. Until when you're supposed to become financially useful, you realize that Allah, at this age I should be financially useful. But all of a sudden, I'm financially useless. So fear of tithing is an evil spirit which has paralyzed you into inactivity. It is one of the greatest forces that keeps people from becoming useful in the kingdom of God. Look, at many junctions of my life, fear attempted to paralyze me into inactivity and truthfulness. I've always felt fearful over some issues. But I realize that anytime I sense fear, I know this is not of God. For the Bible says, I've not given you the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. When you want to tithe, you are afraid, if I give, what will I have to eat? Fear paralyzes you, so you say, I will not give. What you don't realize is, the Bible says, test me in this. The only place where God says, test me, is in giving, in tithing. That's the only place, because every other place he says, do not test the Lord your God. But when it comes to tithing, he says, test me and see. Because he knows the fear of not paying your tithe, the fear of not knowing what will happen next, has paralyzed many. And ladies and gentlemen, you will never know what will happen next until you die. You know where your next meal will come from until the day you die. You know why? Nobody is assured of tomorrow. You're not assured of the next minute. You're not assured of the next second. You're not assured. So just know that the assurance you're looking for, you will never have it. You will only, you can even save money, but you're not assured you'll spend that money after saving. You are not assured of the next meal. You ain't assured. <laughs> you can be having millions of money. I'm so sure by the time Chris Kirubi was dying, he had millions of money in his bank. Did he go with them to heaven? Is he using them where he is right now? If at all he's in heaven? Do you think he's using them in the other world? But he was, he was afraid of spending money, so he was saving. Look, you will never have assurance of life. That's what the Bible says. We don't walk by sight, but we walk by faith. So other than looking for assurance, why don't you start walking by faith? Knowing he that began a good work in me is faithful to bring it to a perfect conclusion. So overcome your fear by living by faith. So the first step of overcoming fear is living by faith. And the same first step of becoming financially useful is walking in faith. So stop being afraid. And stop, start working or start living by faith. Faith will give you what fear can't give you. Because fear will just paralyze you. A lot of girls are not married because they are afraid. There are different types of fear. One fear is called the fear of unknown. You are always afraid. What will happen to me in, in, by the time I'm 25? Will I get someone to marry me? What if I get married and I don't get a child? All girls have all those fears. Or what if I get a child and my husband leaves me? So a lot of girls, because of that fear, they have been paralyzed. And many of us, we are paralyzed financially because of fear. 
Pastor comes here and says, I want you to give God 2,000 for your traveling abroad. You say, hey, if I give this 2,000, what do I have left? What you don't realize is God does not work through fear. God works through faith. So he wants you to extend your hand by faith. Then he will give you what is in hand, what is in his hand by faith. You only get to receive from God through faith, not through fear. Fear paralyzes you. Faith empowers you. I repeat, fear paralyzes you. Faith empowers you. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Sight will make you say, where am I stepping? I can't see where I'm stepping, so I will not walk. Faith will tell you, believe that the one who called you into the water will make a way on the water. The moment God called Peter out of the boat, and Peter began to walk by faith, Peter was not sinking. Until the time he asked himself, wait a minute, what am I just doing? How am I just paying my tithe? How will I survive? The moment that thought came into him, the Bible records that he began to fear. And he cried to Jesus and said, Jesus, help my unbelief. Because fear will always paralyze you. Ladies and gentlemen, the first step to becoming financially useless in the kingdom of God is your fear of tithing. Number two, my money, my heart. Number two, hiding the tithe. After you are afraid, the next thing is I hide. Fear is always followed by hiding. The Bible says in verse 25, 25, go back to verse 25, 25. I was afraid and went and hid. Anytime you see fear, the next thing is hiding. If right now all of you here just a loud bang, bah, all of you will be running to hide. All of you. No matter how beautiful you are, no matter how handsome you think you are, no matter how, uh, biceps, how, many, how big your biceps are, if you just hear a loud bang right now, or police walk into that door right now, my God, look at the girl who is beautiful next to you. You will not recognize her. You will not recognize her with her stilettos. At the speed, I've seen it one day. Even me, even you've seen it. One time before we got married, there's a test we have here. It's called the test of marriage. So this test of marriage, is, we, we don't plan it. God has a way of orchestrating it. It has happened to me. It has happened to Pastor Mark. It has happened to these ones. Just before we got married to our beloved. One time I'm walking in town with my wife. By that time, my beloved. We were just there around Ajib. I don't know where we were going. I think we were going to the AG's office or something. I can't remember. So as we were walking, all of a sudden, a riot breaks out. And police lob tear gas into the air. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> come and see my wife. The one who was telling me, baby, I love you. I will never leave you. It's me and you against the world. She, went, she ran away, entered into KU campus, and left this mere man to find his way home. Because she was a student at KU, she was doing her master's. So she had access to the building. But he was truly, I have no access. Because fear makes me run and hide. Same thing happened to Pastor Mark. You were in town. Same place. Listen to the story. It was at night after we had come from the town We had come from the town church. Yes. At night, 7 a.m. or 8. Uh-huh. And um, as you were, we were about to cross the, the road. The road, uh-huh. And then what happened, Pastor says saw um, the, this truck here, Kanjo. Kanjo. Uh, he saw it on the other side, and people were rushing. They were, they, cause they were running away. Yeah, there yeah. was just commotion. And she started, what if, <laughs> 
keep in mind. We do not, we've, not, we've not done any mistake. Yes. Just, she just saw a commotion. Yes. She started saying, babe, and, and she normally insists on us holding hands. And she normally insists yes. that we should walk like A1 couples. Yes. Oh, baby, I love you. Uh-huh. But the minute a loud sound, a bang. She had a bang. Uh-huh. The person I was supposed to be holding their hand uh-huh. had crossed the road. <laughs> and left you. Left the person she was supposed to hold her hand, like A1 couples, uh-huh, left the hand and ran for her dear life. Because fear will always make you run. And fear will make you look for a place to hide. That's the progression. I was afraid. I hid. Another story. Give me the microphone. Thank you. You are truly. Quickly. Another story. We call it the test of marriage. Quickly, brother. So, uh, you are in town. You are in town. With it's always in town. It does not happen in Rongai. <laughs> I see you traveling to town. So that you can have your test of marriage. In the name of Jesus. The girl you want to marry, take her to town. Yeah. That's where the test of marriage happens. It does not happen in, Rong- in your village. Uh-huh. So you were walking. You were walking. And we saw a commotion. You saw a commotion. So I told, babe, I told baby. You said baby? Yes. I told baby. Relax. 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 Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Then, <laughs> as usual. The, the man is, is trying to be man of faith. Yeah. And comforting the girl. Baby, <laughs> don't be scared. Don't. Uh, baby. <laughs> baby, I got you. Then, as usual. As usual. A bang. Gunshots. Gunshots. Yeah. It was gunshots. It was, uh, it was uh-huh. And I looked at my right. When you looked at your right, <laughs> the girl, your left, <laughs> the girl who was saying, baby, relax, I got you, was nowhere. <laughs> Do you know where she was? She had entered into someone's shop and she was hiding. She told me. She never know how she entered into that stall. She just found herself behind the counter, hiding. Hiding. True story. Is it true or not true? Give her the microphone. It's very true. Very true. She told me, Pastor, when I had those gunshots, I did not care about the guy. She actually she called me and told me, guess what? I said, what? Hey, hey the test of marriage just happened. <laughs> the test, I asked her what happened. She told me, Pastor, right now I'm just coming out of hiding behind a counter. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I said, Hey, and your beloved? He said, I don't know where he is. <laughs> I May I just thought of calling you <laughs> so that you pray for me. I asked him all about it. Pray for me, Pastor, first. Pray for me first. <laughs> because fear will always make you do what? Hide. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. After they had messed up, the first thing that came to their mind is go and hide. The second step to becoming financially useless is hiding the tithe. I was afraid and went and hid it. And nothing good comes out of hiding. Nothing good. Nobody has ever been crowned the champion of hiding. If at all they were champions, then this one deserves a degree in hiding, or, a, or an accolade, or a cup, or a trophy. Can you imagine hiding in, in, in someone's shop, behind someone's counter? What if they say you're a thief? She doesn't care because the mind is not at work. She's just thinking of how I'm going to run away from this. I don't know what it is. Or they kidnap you. She doesn't care because fear takes away sense. Fear takes away sense. It takes away the ability to make judgments that are right. I was afraid and went and hid. When I heard your voice in the garden, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. When I heard your voice, I knew I was naked, so I went and hid. Number one, who told you you were naked? Why were you afraid of me? 
Say, second step to becoming financially useless, my dear friends, is what? Hiding the tithe. What belongs to God? When you hide it, you are taking yourself to the place of being financially useless. Number three. Number three. Do you like it? Number three. Fault-finding attitude. Fault-finding attitude. Some of you, because of being afraid, you don't want to come and sing here. And some of you can sing very well, but you are afraid of criticized. Muendoa, she can sing very well. But when he stood here, the fear of criticism, he forgot the lyrics. He was doing this. There was a lot of heat. He was asking for lyrics. Fear. Fear makes you hide. You hide important things. Number three, the third step of becoming financially useless is fault-finding attitude. Verse 24. Quickly, verse 24. Then he who had received one talent came and said to him, Lord, I knew, to, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered. Yo, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Like, really? Like, really? The gentleman with one talent, he did nothing because he had found a fault with his master. And he said, my master is a hard man and he does not deserve me giving him money. So the fault-finding attitude is a common characteristic in people who don't pay tithes. They always find a fault as to why they will not give their money. Eh, I give my money so the pastor will drive a Benz. I give my money so that... So that, so that <laughs> fault-finding attitude. There is always a reason... As to why you will not pay your tithes. You always find a fault. Maybe but right now you're finding a fault. I will not give my tithe next Sunday. Because the pastor said by 12.30 he'll be finishing. Now it's 12 for 3. He has not finished yet. That alone is enough to tell you. I will not, I will, I'll punish him. <laughs> you don't know people. I'll punish him. Yo. For how long you've not been tithing? Has the church closed? Do you find new things? This week we are buying new screens. Is it? Have we asked for money? Have we told you, you, you need to pay your tithes so that you buy the screens? So who is becoming financially useless? Me or you? The church or you? The individual. You are always finding fault. And look, if it is finding a fault, you will always find it. I can tell you more faults than I have about my life that you don't know. I have more faults than all of you. I only stand here because of grace. I stand here not because I'm a holy man. It's because of grace and mercy that makes me stand before you. So you fault finding a, a fault about everybody in the church. You, have a, you, you, you find a fault with the drumists. Oh, your drumist. You find a fault with the pianist. You find a fault with, the, with everybody. You have a fault. The present worship. Oh, they have too much makeup. Tell them to reduce their makeup. The dancers, oh, they are dancing very much. Eh? They are moving their bodies too much. Tell them to dance with decorum. The stage is black. 
and black is not it's Illuminati. They want to sacrifice us. No, we don't. At this church, I, during the service, I did not see us praying. But you came late. You came after we've prayed. So what did you want us to do? You are always finding fault. It's called a fault-finding attitude. You always pick funny spots on people. Oh, Pastor Mark, I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be angry. People will always find a fault. And that fault-finding attitude is making them financially useless. Look, do you know why it ends with you giving an offering? It ends the, the moment you give that offering into the offering baskets. It ends at that point. Whatever they choose to do with it, it's not up to you. Because you are not giving to them. You are giving to who? To God. So your obligation was with God, not with men. So if men choose to misuse, I have done my part. It is God who rewards, not them. So if they choose to take the money and buy bands for themselves, buy nice things for themselves, it does not concern me. Because I never gave to them. I gave to who? And a master stands and falls. A servant stands and falls before his master. So the guy will stand or fall before his master. As for me, I want to stand before my master. And my master is who? Is God. That fault-finding attitude is what is making you financially useless. Oh, pastor, I do not have much. I'm a student. That fault-finding attitude of, of saying you're a student. So what? You're a student. You eat. You drink. You live. Like everybody else. You do everything else everybody does. But when it comes to paying tithe, I'm a student. Come on. Cut us the slack. You don't say that in a matter to, oh, you know I'm a student. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot pay fair. <laughs> you, you actually use Nganya. When others are going to or I kiss a 50 bob, you know, and you pay, and you're a student, but you have 150 shillings for Anganya, but you don't have 10% that belongs to God. Is it not a fault attitude, a fault-finding attitude? Oh, I'm a student, I can't pay tithes, but you buy new clothes. If anything, you wear the most expensive clothes. You have a 10,000 shoe. You have a 10,000 wig. But you don't, pay you don't pay your tithe. And I'm a student. Student wearing a 10,000 wig. Cut us the slack. Please. Your problem is you are becoming financially useless slowly without knowing. And the reason is you have a fault-finding attitude. And that attitude is making you financially useless. Oh, I'm a student. I can't pay tithe. But yo, you live in a 15,000 house. You pay rent 15,000 bob every month. And that's not a student rate. If you're a student, you should be living on the streets or in a hostel. You'll be hosted somewhere. Cut me the slack, please. Your problem is you are becoming financially useless. Why? Fault-finding attitude. And it is an issue of the heart. It is an issue of the heart. My money, my heart. Where my treasure is, there my heart will also be. Your heart is not with God. Because your treasure is not with him. If your treasure was with him, your heart would be with him. Your fault-finding attitude is slowly making you financially useless. Number four. Step number four. To becoming financially useless. Oh, you don't like it. You don't like it, eh? 
Number four, despising the smallness of your tithe. Despising the smallness of your tithe. Despising the smallness of your tithe. Verse 24. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, me, I just have one talent. I just have one talent. He that had received what? One talent. Came and said, Lord, me, me, always in two so, You are like the man who's received one talent. And he thought that that one talent was too small to make any significant profit. He felt it was better to do nothing than to waste his time working with one talent. Despising your tithe because it's a, a, an apparent small thing is one of the most dangerous spiritual mistakes you can ever make. Because the truth of the matter is we all start from smallness. We all start from smallness. Look, the truth of the matter is most of us here, we are in that category of one talent, guys. The only talent you have is one. So if you never get to use that one talent, you will never grow. You will never become anything. The Bible says the Lord rejoices in the days of small beginning. The Lord does what? Rejoices in the days of small beginning. The Lord is happy when you start small. No, no, no nobody here was, was born with boobs. Ah, it's true. They started small. And they grew like a pimple. They were a pimple. A very small thing. And look at them right now. Watermelon. <laughs> Nobody here was born with teeth. My boy does not have, my boy only has four teeth. When he laughs at me, he says, <laughs> with four, four, four. Like one, two, three, four. And when he was born, he had nothing. Because we all start with smallness. Nature is showing us that everything big starts small. Even building this house, we are to start small. We are to start somewhere here. We are to start somewhere here digging. And out of a smallness, the little steps we were making, eventually we have this big building. The small steps you make lead to the big steps you will ever make. The big strides you want to achieve are accumulation of the small steps you will make. A journey of a thousand miles, they say, starts with one step. So the fact that your tithe is a hundred bob does not mean you remain at a hundred bob forever. God wants to see the faithfulness in the small things. Then the God who is the God of small things is also the God of big things. He will progress you from smallness to bigness. But the fact that you are despising the smallness of your gift, the smallness of your talent, you become a lazy and wicked man. You become lazy and wicked. You are waiting for the day you get a salary of 100,000 and start paying 10,000 tithe. It's a lie, sweetheart. It will never happen. It will never happen. You will never get there. You will never get there. We all start from a small beginning. We all start. This church started with 21 drunkards. 21. Now we are in four locations. We are launching our fifth location in December. But if we never started from that small 21 people, would we be in five locations? Today I want to pray for some people here. They are living for the UK. They are going to start our church in the UK. If we never started in that 21 kind of people, would we be going to the UK? If we despise the smallness of it, would we be here today? Why are you despising your smallness? 
Why are you dispersing the smallness of your time? Nothing starts big. Everything starts small. Even the grave starts from like a small place. Then it grows and becomes big. It becomes six by six. Is it six by six? Is a grave six by six? Four by six. Four by six. Four by six. From just like a smallness. This guy, do you think he was born like this? Stand up. Is this guy big? Eh? Do you, think he was, do you think he was born like this? Do you think he came out like that? <laughs> he came out as tiny thing. But now look at him. Because of starting small, eating small, small, now he's eating big, big. And now look at his life. Look at his life. He's not eating. All of you started by breastfeeding. All of you started by breastfeeding. Nobody has started eating solid food. Or you, you are born with Mochura. You are born and you said, Mom, Nataka, Mochuna. Nobody was born. Eh? Your, your child was born eating Mochura. He was breastfeeding. That's the truth. We all start small. Why do you want God to give you Mochura and you're at the level of breastfeeding? First, be faithful with the breast. Take the breast milk. Take it faithfully. <laughs> Without knowing there's something else. Stop saying what you don't know there's anything else. Just be faithful in that level of smallness. Be faithful with that 1,000. By the time you know it, it's 10,000. Stop saying what you 10,000. Be faithful in that level as if another level does not exist. Be faithful in the level you are in as if there's no any other level you're looking forward to. That faithfulness is what God is looking at. But the fact that you're you despising the smallness of your gift is making you financially useless. Number five. My money, my heart. Number five, not wanting to be cheated. How many, by the way, are struggling with English? You know, we might be preaching like this and people are actually struggling with English. We can put a mkalimani here. Someone to interpret. Not wanting to be cheated. Manake usipenda kudanganywa. My money, my heart. Roho yako, pesa yako. Moyo wako, pesa yako. Not wanting to be cheated. Verse 26. Not wanting to be cheated. Not wanting to be cheated. The fact that you don't want to be cheated is what is making you poor. But, but he said, Lord. But, he ans he, 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 but his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, the Bible says, that even though he was God, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Philippians 2, verse 5 to 7. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, that though he was equal with God, he did not consider it robbery. He don't think that God was cheating him to go down here and become a man. He would have thought that God is cheating me. Hey, me, I go there and die on the cross. God of God. Lord of Lords, I die naked. They see my nunu. Ah, no. 
You guys are cheating me. Why doesn't the Holy Spirit go? Or God the Father go? Why are they saying me? He did not consider it robbery. He didn't think that he's being cheated. The fact that you think you are being cheated is what is keeping you from not growing. Not wanting to be cheated is a very important reason why you are poor and why you don't pay your tithe. The mind that I'm being cheated is a thought that paralyzes the average person into inaction. The fact that you don't want to be cheated is paralyzing you. Many developing nations, by the way, don't realize that this is the nation why they are unable to develop. Because the notion that the rich people or even the rich country are cheating them and is making them stay away from signing contracts that would actually benefit the whole country. The fact that they don't, uh, China is cheating us. China wants money. China wants our, our pot. That aspect is making many countries remain poor. Not to say that I advocate for us to get loans from China. Z. I'm just saying the fact that we are afraid to be cheated, we consider it robbery, is making us not profit. A lot of people would, would be making a lot of money right now, but they are afraid to start businesses with high risk. They say, hey, can we go start a business with 20,000? And that 20,000, if, if they were willing to be cheated, in quote, they would make 200,000. But the fact that they are not willing to be cheated has made them poor. Just the thought that someone is cheating you will cause you to withdraw and hold back. The moment you think that someone is cheating, even in a relationship, the moment you feel like your husband or your boyfriend is cheating you, or is cheating on you rather, what do you do? You withhold your feelings and withhold your, your time, your attention. The fact that you sense someone wants to cheat me, you withhold yourself. Because nobody wants to be cheated. A lot of people don't work in the church are not volunteers in the church because they feel like the pastor is cheating me. present worship. I play the instruments and they are not giving me anything. Who? the pastor is cheating me. The fact that you are feeling you are being cheated is what is making you inactive and it's making you useless. Everything grows because you use it. It's called the law of use and disuse. When you use your left hand more than your right hand, your left hand becomes stronger than your left hand. That's the reason why your right hand is stronger than your left hand. It's not because God created the left weaker and the right stronger. It's because you use your right more than you use your left. If you use your right more than you use your left, or rather you use your left more than you use your right, your left would be stronger than your left. But the fact that you don't use your left has made it weaker and made right stronger. It's called the law of use and disuse. If you kept on being faithful and not feeling that I'm being cheated by my pastor and kept on using your talent in the house of God, you'd keep on growing. You'd be better than you are right now. You'd be a shepherd right now. You'd be a pastor right now. You'd be growing financially. If you kept on tithing the little you had and never thought that I'm giving it to the pastor, right now you'd not be where you are. You'd be far higher. But the fact that you think the pastor... He's cheating me, he's benefiting, and I'm not. The elders are telling me we go for, for we, 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 we invite people to church. <laughs> they just want to use me to, 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 to get people coming to church. I will not do it. The fact that you're not doing that is the reason why your friends are not being saved and they're in hell, or rather, they are going to hell. If you stop thinking that somebody wants to cheat you, you'll not become financially useless. 
That's why we are poor as, a, as an African country. We think that everybody wants to cheat us. Because we've been, we've been brought up to think that anybody who wants to help us, there's something in them. Or what is the need for? Before you, before you accept it, ask yourself, when the deal is too good, think twice, they say. You ask yourself, what is in it for me? How can they just come and help me? Some people just want to help you for crying out loud. Some people just want to help you. Do you think everybody is happy to see you poor, like your uncles are? You think everybody wants to see you poor? No. We want to see you changed. What does it benefit me when I'm, only, I'm the only one who is driving and you're not driving? It's good. It's good when we, we find ourselves in the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the, what is that called? On the traffic and you hoot at me. Now you can't hoot, not unless you pick a binja. What benefit do I get? What benefit do I get that you are poor? What, what do I benefit from your poverty? If anything, you being poor is affecting me. Because you have to depend on me. There's no glory in your poverty. That's why we don't pray. Me, I don't pray that I, 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 the only one person should succeed in my family. No, I pray that everybody should succeed. Because if only one person succeeds, all of us in the village will look to him. We'll deplete him. I know someone right now, if the whole family was successful, that man would be having flats everywhere. But because he's the only one who is successful, he's educating 20 children. Because he's the only one who is successful. Now all his money goes to educating children. He has never gone for holiday abroad. Not because he doesn't have money, but because he's the only one successful. There's no glory in your poverty, my dear. There's no glory. I would not want Mzee to be, po to be poor. Why would Frank be poor? What do I benefit from Frank being poor? What do I get from Pastor Sess not having a car? No, I have to, I'm the only one who has, to who, who has to carry her every day. Sometimes I want to be alone in my car. But when I see her walking, Namurumia, I carry her. So I don't benefit at all. The fact that you think you want, someone wants to cheat you, is the fact that you're still poor. It's what is making you poor. If you stop thinking that somebody wants to cheat you, you'd be paying your tithes. Yeah, you'd be paying your tithes. And you paying your tithes will make you financially useful. But the fact that you don't pay your tithes, you become financially useless. Number six. Or should I stop at that? Can I finish number six and number seven? Number six, wickedness. You're financially useless because you're a wicked man. Verse 26. The Bible says, the Lord answered them to him and said, Thou wicked and slothful servant. You wicked and slothful servant. Uko, uko wicked and lazy. You know the words wicked servant have a profound meaning. I was trying to explain earlier. It is even deeper than you may care to, de to, to meditate on. If you don't pay your tithes, <laughs> if you don't pay the tithes that God has given you, it may cost many of us to go to hell. The fact that you don't pay tithes. It may cost many people to go to hell. That's why God is calling you wicked. Because by you paying tithes, the church is able to propagate the gospel. Or what do you think the how would you think the church will propagate the gospel? How do you think we pay for these lights? How do you think we buy these things? How do you think we pay for this rent? Or do you think we go to a hardware or the water bill? Do you know how much we pay for water bill in this, in this campus? Water bill. And it's the one you use. Pale, pale. So we've been buying water. Boza. Do you know how many actually spend bozas on water every week for you to come and have water in the toilet? And when you come, you don't use one jug. You use several. 
Do you know one system is how many liters? Is how many liters, by the way? Ten liters, one system. That system there. Once you do it, you ten liters of water is gone. One. And you know sometimes you do twice. You So ch. 20 liters. You don't eat fruits. 20 liters of water. Mtugimzima mtumoja. Moja unafanya moja na sama sisiki. Because you don't take fruits, you don't drink water. So you have to do twice. There's no, there's low fiber in the body. Low fiber in the body. So the thing is like gum. Wae mwenye na kushtua, na sama, hey, ini yangu. Wickedness is keeping you from honoring God with your tithe. You are a wicked man. Look at the wicked man next to you and say nothing. That's enough response to them. The fact that you don't pay your tithe shows that you are a wicked person. And many people will go to hell because of you. Because of you, many people will go to hell. Because now, if we don't have money to sustain the church, we don't have money to, 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 to open more churches. Where do you think, how will, they, how will they hear? The Bible says, how will they hear if there's no preacher? How will the preacher be if he's not sent? How will the preacher go if he's not sent? To send somebody is money. Those churches need seats. They need microphone. They need TVs. They need a lot of things. The running a church is more expensive than running a government. For your information. Because at least the government has taxes. At least. But running a church where you, 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 you rely on the, the well-wishers who decide they're going to pay tithes today and not pay tithes tomorrow. You see, for tax, you don't decide. For tax, you don't even realize that it's mekatwa. By the time in Africa, kwako, imekatwa. It's sliced. My brother started working recently. He was telling me, my God, you mean people pay a lot of tax like this? I said, thank God he has never increased his 10%. The higher you are paid, the higher you are sliced. Most of you maybe don't pay taxes. You don't know. Practice paying 10%. You will not feel painful paying taxes and not seeing what is those taxes are doing. You not you not feel painful. You say ah, it's our too. But tax, the government does not ask you. And it's more than ten percent. Sixteen percent. Sixteen. And there are those who pay taxes different taxes withholding tax, payee, so many taxes. So by by end month. You've paid like 10 taxes. Different percentages each. Recently, some guy was trying to import something. He told me, Pastor, do you know they have increased the import duty to 30%? So if you import something worth 1 million, you are paying how much? 300? Naioni withhold import tax. 30%. Now, Akulizi, but Mungwa Jayongeza Yake. But because you are wicked, even what belongs to God, you will take it. Can you imagine you are, a, you are an armed robber? You stand before God and you come here and worship. You say, Lord, here I am to worship. Heaven goes, bring the guns out. Bring the guns out. What do you want? Say your name. Say your name. Because a thief has entered the presence majestically. Here I am to worship. 
The angels are ready. Taekwondo, huwa. They are waiting for you. Because you are an armed robber. In a suit. A thief in a suit. Mwizi wa suti. Wajua mwizi wa suti ni mbaya kuliko mwizi huyu mwingine. Mwizi wa suti wana kuibianga na ujua wana kuibia. Most of you are conned with people in suits. Ukiona mtu wa t-shirt, you are already apprehensive. Uyo nazakuwa mwizi. But mwizi wa suti. Uyo nazama, ah, uyo ezi. Uyo kona business. Legit. You are a wicked man. You are a wicked man. The fact that you steal from the one who gives you bread. Can you imagine? The one who gave you that very money. Because the Bible says all perfect gifts come from the Father above, the Father of lights, who gives to all men without partiality. Everything you've received, you have, tell your neighbor you have nothing that you've not received. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you have nothing that you've not received. The fact that you are refusing to give God what is his shows how wicked of a person you are. You're wicked. You don't even deserve to worship God. You are wicked. You steal from God, the creator of the heavens, and you want to go to heaven, where, where the streets are made of gold. You will not enter. You will, hey, if you are stealing, the Bible says, if you, if you steal, we'll go back to that scripture. Uh, um, uh, put your treasures where you are. Matthew 6. Where moth does not steal. Where thieves do not break in and moth does not eat. The Bible continues and says, verse 27. The Bible says, if you are unfaithful with mammon, who will give you, uh, will entrust you to real riches? Real riches is heaven where gold is. Who will entrust you? If you are stealing paper. Paper. Verse 20. But lay up yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor 21. For where your treasure is 22. This is it. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammoth, who will commit to you? Who will commit to your trust the true riches? Do you know what true riches are? Spiritual gifts. If you're unfaithful with tithe, who will give you the gift of prophecy? That's, that's true riches. That gives you power to know what is happening in the spirit. That's why you don't have any spiritual gifts. Because you've been unfaithful with what is carnal. Do you know what spiritual gifts are? The gift of healing. That's a true rich. That's true riches. Who will entrust you the gift of healing if you are unfaithful with money? One million. You know, do you know when you have the, when, when you have the power of healing, the gift of healing, you, you are worth more than billions of shillings. You cannot quantify that gift to any money in the world. You cannot quantify it. But who will give it to you? True riches, who will give them to you? Who will give them to you the gift of interpreting tongues while you are unfaithful with mammon? You will not interpret any tongue. Who will give to you true riches? Who will commit to you the secrets of heaven? Who will commit to you? Which revelations will you read the scriptures and get if you are unfaithful with mammon? Because those are true riches. Look, there's something higher than money. And that's what we pursue. Something higher than money. Why would you not want to have the gift of the Holy Spirit in you? That's when, when he tells you what, where to study for exams. I've been there. I've used the Holy Spirit to study in my exams. I just ask him. I ask him. 
Holy Spirit, what do I, why do I study? And the Holy Spirit will direct me what to study. And what I study is what comes. I've been there. The Holy Spirit led me on who to marry. Who will trust you with such an important person if you are unfaithful with mammon? Who will trust you, my dear? Who will? Who will trust you? Let's be honest. Who will trust Cynthia? You are a wicked man. And wickedness is seen by your inability to give tithe. Number seven and the last one. And I'm sorry for keeping you. Number seven, but I hope I'm helping you. Number seven and the last one. Or oh, you don't want number seven. The last step to becoming financially useless is you actually now become financially useless, unprofitable, and worthless. The last step is where you financially become unprofitable, worthless, and useless. Verse 28 of, Mark, of Matthew 25. The Bible says, Take therefore the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talent. The one who had one, it was taken away. Verse 29. Be quickly, brother. For to everyone who has more will be given. And he who has abundance. For everyone who has more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Verse 30, and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You become financially useless when you refuse to pay your tithe. Do you know why the rich keep getting rich? Because of this principle. It's because the principle of he that hath. He that hath, more was given to him. The one without, even what he had, was taken from him. You might say, ah, that, but that is very wicked of God. It's not wicked of him. It is just God being God. It is God being God. He, will, he expected that you would be faithful. You will trade. You know one thing about the kingdom of God? Which is also a principle in these scriptures we just read. It's called the principle of gaining by trading. When it comes to God, you only gain by trading. You gain by trading. You have to trade with God. You gain by trading. You give your time, he adds you more time. You give your life, he gives you eternal life. For whoever who loses, whoever who keeps his life will lose it. But whoever who loses his life will gain it. So you gain with God by trading. You give your life, he gives you eternal life. You give your money, he says, give and it shall be given back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give back to you. It's just gaining by trading. And he that hath, more will be given. Do you know it is easier to get a job when you have another job? Than it is to get a job when you don't have a job. Because he that hath, more is given. When you have something, more it is added. That's why the gap between the rich and the poor will continually be there until the day we die. If anything, it will keep getting wider. Because the, more, the rich will keep getting richer. And the poor will keep getting poorer. So tell your neighbor, neighbor. You only get poorer or you get richer depending on what you give. It's called the principle of gaining by trading. So the fact that you've refused to tithe, the fact that you've refused to give to God, 
you either become financially profitable or financially useless. You become useless by deciding not to give your tithe or you become useful by deciding to give God what is his. Ladies and gentlemen, your money, your heart. So at the end of the parable, Jesus declared and said, the one who had nothing, let it be taken from him. And the one who had much, let him be given more. Because you decide whether you are going to become unfruitful, unprofitable, and worthless in the kingdom of God. When it comes to your tithe, don't keep it because it will make you useless. Give it to God and it will make you more useful. Give God what is his. Jesus speaking and he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Are we together? Beautiful. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap offering, everybody? <laughs> Father, Father, I've preached this message because this is what you'd want us to know at this stage of our lives. Because, Father, you don't, want, you don't wish anybody here should become financially useless. Nobody among us, Lord, should become useless financially. Father, you want us to grow and become rich. But we can only become rich when we stop wanting money to be emotional and start realizing that money is principled. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, help us realize the principles of wealth and the principles of money are not emotional. Help us, Father. Because if you don't help us, Lord, the truth is none among us here, Lord, will become anything good. So, Father, help us learn how to tithe in Jesus' name. Amen.